Welcome to Splainin', a podcast where two guys explain things to each other that they should know, but don't. I'm Evan Smith. And I'm Jeff Sims. Welcome to episode four, Evan. Episode four. Do you ever feel like a newscaster when we do that little opening? Sometimes. When we get to the very end and I go, I'm Evan Smith. <laughs> I want, and I'm Jeff Sims. <laughs> and I'm Walter Cronkite. But there's just an element of like, and I love it. It makes, makes me very, I feel like that would be a good profession, a newscaster, news anchor. Oh my God, yes. Especially maybe, like, maybe NTV will pick us up and they'll, <laughs> maybe be, they'll like, be hired. <laughs> I would love that. Not, now, I don't want to be the one who stands out in the rain. Like mm. on the side of the road, I want to be the guy sitting at the desk who goes, thank you. And back to you. Um, I just think that would be great. I was looking the other day at <laughs> this moment where another one of my jobs that has been canceled due to COVID. Um, I was like, oh, God, what if it doesn't come back? What if the university doesn't open? And I had a moment at like, I think I told you this. I had like a sort of panic attack moment where it was 1130 at night. Tiffany was gone to bed. And I was on the Jobs Canada website doing <laughs> career aptitude tests for the first time in my life. Be like, what am I suited to do? Because I was like, I might have to just start doing something else. Anyway, news anchor what did not come up. What results did you get? What uh, results did you get? You know what was very high up for me? Hmm. Astronaut. No. Honestly, but I was like, you know what? I, I feel like that's not something you start now. No, not to be not. a defeatist, but like, <laughs> I don't think astronaut is like, yeah, you know what? Like you're down in the dumps and you maybe don't have any money coming in. Just train to be an astronaut now. You won't have any money coming in for the next decade. Yeah, that's a quarter life crisis kind of change. Absolutely. Meanwhile, me with a yeah. baby on the way, I'm like, I'm going to space now. I'm going to go to space now. Goodbye. Can you imagine? It's like we work two weeks on, two weeks <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Fine. How's your week going? My week? Yeah. I just haven't oh, talked man. to you much this week. Normally we talk a lot. That's, in a week. You know what? That's totally true. Today's uh today. This week has been a very eventful week for me. Actually, I sold my car. I've been car shopping. That whole experience is actually super strange because of COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I've been back and forth with a lot of the uh with a lot of the salesmen and they're they're great. We're doing a lot of stuff over the phone and they tried to like email me information, which was like too convoluted and when they were like come to the dealership, I was like, Okay. So I came to the dealership and which was great. They had tape lined out everywhere and they were only allowing, allowing so many people in the, in the place at once. But I had to sign a waiver. To go in? To, to, to go in and to test drive a vehicle that like I was not showing any symptoms, that I didn't travel outside of the province, that I didn't know anyone who traveled outside of the province, that I was sticking to the, the bubbles and everything like that. I was like, this is really great. I'm glad they're doing this. But the second I signed it, I stopped and I said, what if I lied? How will they ever know? Like, like, for instance, either one of us could actually be carrying the virus right now, be asymptomatic, and be passing it on to people, right? So if I don't know that I'm sick, and I'm going out in public, and I'm signing these waivers, but it's still me just acknowledging that I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Like, what I is the point I, of that? Yeah, I can't imagine anything would happen in that situation. Neither do I. Anyways, long story short, it was really interesting. Drove a lot of vehicles. Yeah. Buy one yet? Not yet. Not yet. When you still do, we can fence. get... Uh, you can talk to them about marketing. <laughs> yeah, try to as an advertisement through a, the podcast. Yeah, a local uh, O'Neill Nissan. Ad. <laughs> this episode of the podcast is brought to you by O'Neill Nissan. <laughs> Part of our radio skit. Absolutely, I've never felt better than I felt in my new Nissan. Yeah. So much legroom. So much legroom. And if you're bored, listen to Splainin on wherever you can listen to your podcasts. <laughs> It comes with Sirius XM, but you don't need it because we're not on that. Shame, though. Is it? I've never gone with Sirius XM. 
Like that is just Cat- money down the drain. Catherine had it uh, when she first bought her vehicle. She got like a one year subscription yeah, or something too. like that, and it was great. The, like I mean, the Broadway Channel. Oh yeah, no, it is. I mean, it's great if you have it for free, but I'm not paying a monthly subscription to have no. a 97 stations I'm not going to listen to. No, because I can no, also I just whip open Apple Music and listen to whatever Broadway I want. Exactly. the The Sirius Radio was great when you only had 99.1, uh, but now that you have Apple <laughs> yeah. Music, it's. Yeah. yeah, now that I can put the cat soundtrack on whenever I want, who needs Sirius <laughs> XM? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I do love cats, though. I mean, I'm not afraid of it. I think it's this I'm weekend that it's streaming, or eh, I don't know if streaming is the right word, but. You know, like, it was yesterday. Oh, yeah. Angela Ware was doing the thing mm-hmm. every. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have a couple of. Um, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what to call them. I tried not to call them Corrections Corner because in one of my favorite podcasts, they already call something Corrections Corner. And I'm okay. trying to avoid doing something that other people do because I mean it's great. So I I'm thinking maybe mistaken moments. I like the alliteration. <laughs> we we need the alliteration. So what's another I uh, no. Okay, it doesn't matter. Things that we messed up. Yeah. I have a few that people have let us know. Which I'm delighted by. The fact that people are listening and care enough to let us know we did something wrong. I'm like, yeah, we've made it now. That's the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We, we are stupid and people listen. Yeah, if, if someone is invested enough to listen, hear something that's wrong, and then say, oh, I need to send them a message. Like, that's great. Very rarely that's do I take the, take, go out of my way to correct something. Like, eh, that's stupid, whatever, who cares? But mm-hmm. they're, they're going to tell us. Or like they're just really irritated. I'm not sure. Anyway, <laughs> most of these, I think, are from episode one. Um, we talked about the Jaguars. I was telling you the good place thing. Yeah. yeah. I think it was your sister who corrected this. Yeah, she wrote me right away. <laughs> right away. Because we were like, yeah, I, I, I think I said something about basketball. And you're like, I don't know if they're basketball. I'm like, well, you're the basketball guy. You should know. Yeah. And, and we were both, I think we both concluded, like, yeah, no, there must be, they must be a fictitious sports team. <laughs> then yeah. I, your sister was like, here's a Google image of the Jaguars jersey. They're a football team. They're a football team. Yeah, you're an idiot. Yeah. Like, Great, thank you. Uh, I think it was also episode one we were talking about Flat Earth. Mm-hmm. And you, I feel bad when I, it's a correction and I'm just telling you that I'm correcting you. Um, I'm correcting you in like a second degree. Um, you a said Flat Earth. Corrected. You said Flat Earth was a, still a circle. Yeah. It is not. It's a square. Oh. And in fact... Fun fact, Fogo Island is one of the four corners of Flat Earth. Oh. Isn't that neat? Interesting. I know. I thought that was really cool. That was really cool. Who corrected me? Um, the minister at my church. Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. A Reverend flat Miriam? earther? She's lovely. No, she's not a flat earther. She's just very intelligent. No, do you know what? She's just very educated. She certainly is. She's a lovely human. She's um, very lovely. I've met her a couple of times. Um, we also got a correction about, remember, I think it was, what was the episode with cameras? Was that two episodes ago? That was episode, uh, two. Yeah. So the one with cameras, um, at one point we talk about that, you say the picture of the guy with the pitchfork and the woman standing next to him. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's a painting, man. And you're like, uh, no, that's what I think that's a picture. It is a painting. It's called yeah. American Gothic. And it's actually arguably the most famous American painting ever by Grant Wood. Well, <laughs> arguably so i will argue it i do not think it's the most popular one because i didn't know it you're like it's the most popular picture yeah it's the most popular picture. Um, it is a painting um and okay. then the last one is from the last episode and this happened i can't believe this happened so we did the episode you explained to me body temperature and why people are cold why people are warm 
Yeah. The very next day, um, I had a guy come to my house and do my inspection for my air exchanger. Yep. Because we're on some sort of plan. So he yeah, came. I knew about this. Yeah. So he came over and he was just explaining to me like when, because I was like, I'm not really clear on when I should have it on high, when I should have it on low. That's all I have. I don't have a dial on the wall. Yeah. And he's like, well, you're going to notice, you know, I would leave it on high all the time, but if it's a particularly cold day outside, you're going to notice the air inside is going to be colder. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? Because I was just talking about this last <laughs> night with Jeff. And I was like, anyway, he's like, yeah, you know, because it's sucking the air in from outside, if it's a particularly cold day on and you get it on high, you're going to feel the cool air coming down from those vents. And I was like, so when I say, Tiffany, it must be cold out. There's a chill in the house. <laughs> Merv from the HVAC place says, I'm right. That's true. Merv. Merv. Oh, I was well. delighted. Were you? Yeah, because I was like That's it, actually that's actually really great. But but to our defense, because all of the corrections so far have been just our stupidity, but in our defense, what we were talking about was if you're sitting in the room, like once the temperature of the room is actually set and two people are sitting in the room under the same like circumstances yeah. that one feels warmer than the other it's not that if you walk into a room and it feels cold no 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 yeah 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 you're right but it's inter- the fact that you said though that like yeah. oh, my thermostat says 21 is 21 yeah yep that's anyway great thought it was interesting that's funny also um a friend of ours actually corrected me and i didn't even know you were gonna bring this up so this is great she actually told us uh told me that the uh the human body temperature the average human body temperature is decreasing it's actually less now over than time. It, than it's it, decreasing over time. It's decreasing, and I was super like, "Oh, that's so interesting. Why?" Uh, and she said it was because um, where the climate is changing and everything like that, and like the the Earth cycle is changing. That the human body, as an adaptive organism, is just changing with that. So the average temperature is actually decreasing. Oh, so it's everyone's getting colder over time. Every, also, everyone's getting older. Yeah, and they're getting saltier. So it goes to reason that the older you get, the colder you get. Buddy, listen, we are good at what we do. <laughs> After all these corrections, there's still some truth to the madness. Absolutely. What Absolutely. would you like to tell me today, Jeff? Evan, I have a treat in store for you. <laughs> I know you do. It is such a treat. And uh, it's actually kind of funny because... Um, just, you know, we're new to this a little bit and, you know, we chat a lot about it and we'll, we'll make an episode and we'll try to figure out what's working, what's not. So it's all just, uh, experimenting at this point, at least we're throwing spaghetti at a wall and seeing what sticks. And some of the things that we keep saying is that I take longer to explain my topic than Evan does. <laughs> and it's true. I mean, it's just, it's just a fact. Um, I just kind of dance around the topic for a while and just land somewhere <laughs> on what we this? actually want to talk about. <laughs> I said this to Tiffany the other day because she hasn't listened to episode three yet. And uh, I think I was just making some cuts or whatever. And I remarked on how many cuts are in my section versus how many cuts are in your <laughs> section. But she's like, yeah. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, that's Jeff. She's like, have a conversation yep. with Jeff. He talks around the subject. <laughs> yep. And Catherine tells me the same thing. She's like, Jeff, you just love talking. <laughs> it's just, it's not even about anything. I just love talking. But yeah. I mean, I can agree. I'll agree. Yeah, but just like this, I just took me. It just took me two minutes to explain the point I'm trying to make. I just danced around it. Very, Anyways, the point. Very the point I'm trying to make is that the topic I'm going to explain. <laughs> I know. I really suck you on this one. You really did. Evan goes, Jeff. I think we need to work on maybe cutting down a time. And I'm like, Yeah, you know what? I agree. And he's like, Here's a topic that I want you to explain to me. Black holes. 
And I said, Evan, you know what? That's perfect because not only am I going to be able to explain it perfectly and precisely, I'll be able to do it in a very small amount of time. Very succinct, yeah. Yeah, it, it was perfect. So anyways, hang on to your seats, kids. We're in for a bumpy ride. You're about to get sucked up. Sucked up in the black hole. So, as normal, Evan, why don't you tell the world what you think of black holes? Uh, I... I mean, as I like, I didn't really have a question this week. My, it was really like a statement. Black holes. I want to know more things about them. Um, I did watch Cosmos <laughs> with Neil deGrasse Tyson, which was a great time. And oh, yeah. um, I mean, I know that there's something. I think there's something to do with dark matter and black holes. I know that they have crazy gravitational pull, and I know that when things go in them, no one knows where they end up. It's possible they're wormholes. It's anyway, that's all I know. I, I mean, yep. I know I also know that no one knows exactly what happens when you go in a black hole or like lots of things about a black hole are a mystery forever. But I'm sure scientists have theories. Yeah, you're on the right track in, in some ways. Um, the whole dark matter bit. I didn't actually <laughs> see the subtitle of this podcast. You're on the right track in some ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, That's the story great. of our lives. Yep. <laughs> You're on track in some ways. The Jeff Sims story. Honest to God. Yeah. Um, I don't know about the dark matter bit. Um, there is a book that actually Neil deGrasse Tyson wrote. Uh, it's called Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. And I quickly went to that for like my bit of resourcing to see if there's anything in that first. And there was like two chapters on dark matter. And I read both chapters and neither one of them talked about black holes. Oh, very good. So, yeah, I think it's something completely different. Okay. Uh, and I think in this topic alone, we are going to be able to discover like eight new topics that we can actually discuss because uh, I actually know none of it. I will take those. So great. Um, <clears throat> so let's start on how black holes are created or kind of what they are. Okay. Um, as you are completely right in what you're saying. No one really knows what they are or um, kind of how they work. Uh, well, they, they understand how they work, but I think the most important thing is what you said, is that there are all these theories and ideas of what happens. Uh, no one really, really knows kind of uh, what's on the other end of them. Like you said, if you go in one end, blah, 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 exactly like you said. Um, but essentially, black holes are created when stars, which are just a collection of gas and clouds and hydrogen, um, they lose their stability and they die. Right? Oh, and they implode. They implode, exactly. So there's always a balance between the, I guess, the, the pressure fuse and their, and their elements and stuff like that and, and how they're generating energy and their radiation. So the balance of the radiation and the gravity within the star keeps it stable. And at any given point, if that becomes unstable, like there's too much radiation versus the gravity or too much gravity versus the radiation, it becomes unstable and it'll collapse. Okay. So almost every time... Um, as the elements inside of the star are transforming from one to another, um, like hydrogen to helium and so on, it'll create iron. And iron is almost the last step. And when it creates iron, iron doesn't actually generate any energy in its creation and it will just accumulate. And eventually the core of the star turns into iron. And after a what? while... Really? Like iron the mineral? Like yeah. A... Like the element iron. Cra yeah. It's like a solid... Iron, yes. Like, there is no iron gas or iron liquid. Like, iron is a solid. Yeah, it creates iron. Amazing. Go on. Yeah. And then, eventually, because of that, because it's not creating any energy, it's not sustaining the portion of the, uh, the radiation. And so, the gravity 
gets larger, and then it collapses. Exactly like it says, it implodes. And when it implodes, it creates either two things. It'll either, oh, it'll, the explosion, after it implodes, it then yeah. explodes into a supernova explosion, which sounds like the coolest thing on the planet. Supernova, a supernova, yeah. yeah. Supernova explosion. Um, <laughs> and it produces either. It's <laughs> the name of your first album. Ooh, supernova explosion. Um, it'll either create um, a neutron star or a black hole. So yeah, obviously there's going to be different sizes and degrees of black holes. You can have smaller ones and larger ones and stuff like that. You can have black holes uh, the radius of a mountain, of a planet, of a star, of the sun, of anything, right? Um, and the largest ones are called supermassive black holes. Sure. Now, how, how big... <laughs> How technical. That sounds like Trump came up with that. How big is this black hole? Well, it's super. It's a super massive black hole. <laughs> bigly. Bigly. A super. Bigly. Super <laughs> huge. It's a super massive black. It's a best black hole. It's super massive. Yeah. It, it perfectly describes it. It is the largest, most powerful thing. Uh, and actually, there is always a super massive black hole at the heart of every galaxy. And that was one thing I didn't know. Nor did I. Yeah, and that's the coolest thing, is at the heart of every galaxy, there is a supermassive black hole. And it's constantly eating and feeding off of all the planets and stars within the galaxy. Isn't that cool? I mean, you can Scary. see from my face that I need you to just say more and make my panic go down. Yeah, well, uh, our supermassive black hole in the Milky Way is uh, called Sagittarius A, or it's located at Sagittarius A. Right. Uh, it is 22 million kilometers in diameter. I mean, that's very large. I just, do you have a, another reference of how big I can picture that? Uh, that's about, if you were to travel from here to Beta Spare, about 15 <laughs> times. <laughs> No, I, I, don't, I don't have a reference for that, actually. In retrospect, I should 22 have. million. Um, well, I mean, like... 22 I, million kilometers. Million yeah, kilometers. <laughs> I think, like, here to... I don't know. Here to BC, I think, is, like, what? 8,000 or something. Look it up. Was that... I'm looking it up right now, buddy. I think it's, uh, like... Actually, it's, what's Earth's diameter? Three. Oh, diameter. There you go. 12,000 kilometers. No! 12,000. So our... Holy shit. Our galaxy's supermassive black hole at Sagittarius A is 22 million. So go around the, the radius Earth many, many, many times. Many, many times. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Holy uh, and Lord. It's rough, and it's roughly 25,640 light years away from us. Sure. So... When we look at a black hole, okay, um, you're not actually seeing anything, okay? When, when people, ooh, that's a frothy crisp. <laughs> I was trying to do that as quietly as possible. <laughs> that was not subtle. You may as well put that up to the mic by. Honest to God. Yeah. Um, it's Orange Crush, kids. Um, so what you're looking at is actually called the event horizon. Okay, so if you were to like draw a little circle of like the classic like black hole, like what it looks like when we've ever taken a picture of it, all you see is black and then like the shades of red around it that okay. kind of suggest of what it is. But the reason why they call it a black hole is because within the event horizon, nothing can escape it. 
light, any particles, any elements, anything that comes within the event horizon gets sucked into it, including light. And that's the craziest part about it, that nothing can escape it, not even light. So that's why it's black. It's not black because it's the color black. No. It's because it is it has no color at all because light can't even reflect in there. Exactly. Like, that's the coolest part about it, yeah. is that it can't even escape it. Um, so it's not a physiological thing that you actually see when you see the event horizon. Like, a, a nice way to think about it is um, like a drain. Like, you know, if you have a full, like a bathtub or your sink is full of water and you start sinking it or you start draining it and all yeah. the water starts going down this little hole, there comes a certain point where like you'll start seeing that little tornado that goes down. Yeah. So that little tornado will peak down. At the very bottom of that peak will be the bottom of the of the black hole. But the part on the top where it starts suctioning down. Right, right, right. That's the event horizon. That's called the event horizon. Okay. And they're, it's kind of called like the, like the point of no return. Right. Right? Like imagine like you're swimming you're swimming down a little lake or something like that, and there's a waterfall at the end of the lake, or, or the end of the river, sorry. Yeah. And you're, you're swimming, and you're swimming. Uh, eventually, there's going to come a point of no return where you're not able to turn around and start swimming the other way. You're eventually going to get zipped down, yes. and down yeah. that waterfall. That moment, that little radius of where yeah. you're at the point of no return, unless you can travel faster than the speed of light, you cannot get out of it. Right. That's called the event horizon. Okay. Yeah. So it actually emits radiation. And the radiation is called Hawking radiation. As in Stephen? Exactly. Okay. Stephen Hawking came up with the idea in 1974 on how we can actually detect and look at and video capture black holes, is knowing that they, they do seep out radiation because of how much is going on there. So they were able to pick up on the infrared and the heat coming from them. So they can tell the very edge of the event horizon based on that rim of radiation. And oh. the rim of the radiation will actually dictate the event horizon, the actual radius of what it is. And so that's it, what they base. It is emitting the radiation. Yes. The, okay. well, the, yeah, exactly. It's, it's emitting radiation. Um, and that's, that's kind of where it came from. And Stephen Hawking found out how to videotape it and, and do it through that. So this radiation of heat actually leads to the black hole's eventual evaporation is that it's constantly spreading energy out and pushing energy out from everything that it's obtaining and all the energy that's going into it. It's constantly eating planets and stars and anything that comes near it. It's just eating it up and, and it's fueling the black hole. When you say comes near it, yep. are things revolving around? Like Why are things getting closer to it? Well, everything in space is moving. Nothing yes. is ever stationary. Right? No, I, yes. There, there is a full universe, universe, no, a full galaxy, that is uh, the Andromeda that is traveling towards the Milky Way at like 20,000 kilometers an hour or 20,000 yes. kilometers a minute. Right. And so everything is moving. So if anything crosses its path, right. the black hole's path, and gets inside of the right. event horizon, right, right, right. it takes it. Gotcha. Right? It's not, but it's not expanding or anything. It is. It is expanding. Oh, Every shit. time it takes something, it expands. Oh, man. Yeah, it's super crazy. Um, and every time, so like if there's a star nearby, it catches into the event horizon, it takes over the star and it'll eat the star. Yeah. Like think of it as the little shop of horrors and the plant just keeps eating stuff and gets bigger and bigger. Or Pac-Man. Or Pac-Man, <laughs> a nicer version of it. Um, but yeah, so the, the event horizon gets bigger and bigger and bigger as does the black hole based on what's around it, mm. right? Um, 
And the eventually, when it stops running out of fuel, we'll call it, it's going to extend more energy than it's taking in, and eventually it will evaporate. Now, when we look at black holes, <laughs> it is the black hole is going to be the last thing in the universe. Or in the, in the galaxy. I don't know why I keep calling it universe, because it's not the universe. Last thing in the galaxy. So, Right, because it, it will expand to the point where it sucks everything else in. Exactly. And then right. once it has nothing else to eat, it will eventually die. And that'll be the last thing that happens. Do you know what will happen when it dies? Uh, what, it, what happens is it will keep slowly retracting and retracting and retracting, letting out more and more energy, and then it'll just explode with radiation. Oh. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, the radiation that comes from it, the Hawking radiation is inversely proportional to the black hole's mass. So the smaller the black hole, the more radiation it'll actually produce. Okay? And strangely enough, the stronger the gravitational pull is uh, in the um, event horizon. I can't explain why. I don't know why. But the smaller the black hole is, if you were to get inside of its uh, event horizon, it is more, we'll call it lethal or more powerful. Right. Right. Um, the center of the hole of the black hole is called the singularity. Okay. So the singularity is the one point that it's, everything is aiming towards. Like that's the pinnacle. It's right down the very bottom of the black hole. It could be as small as a marble. It could be as small as whatever, whatever it is. It's, it's the singular point that sends all the energy to that. And all the gravitational pull goes directly to that. And it is infinitely dense. Infinitely. It blew my mind when I read that. <laughs> it's like a good bunt cake. Dense. No, like you and I. We are infinitely dense. <laughs> like a proper Jigs dinner. Infinitely like dense. A... <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Um, and and that's, that was the coolest part, is that nobody knows how dense it is. It's infinitely dense. It blows my mind. Um, <laughs> it infinitely and, dense. I will. Anything that crosses into the event horizon eventually gets ripped into its elementary particles. Okay. So this is what happens when you cross a black hole. Okay. Because I assume that's probably what your kind of next questions were going to be. Uh, and this is where it's all theoretical. They can kind of um, see based on how planets and stuff react to it, but they'll never really know in terms of other things. Um, so when you enter the event horizon because of everything that's going on in that event horizon there's so much space-time warping within there and this is what blows my mind i will never understand this space and time work differently inside the event horizon so if you enter the event horizon time slows down for you and to to the like if people were to look at you you're going slow. And if you look at them, they're moving super fast. So it's like you're seeing the future. It's like everything's fast forward. They're moving super oh. fast because you're in a different time zone or a time zone, different space time. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Almost just ruined my iPad with that mouthful then. Yeah. You're in a different time zone. But you may as well be. I you're mean, in, <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, you will be in a different, if you're a. somewhere near a black hole, you are definitely in a different time zone. Yes, buddy, hang on. Um, but you're actually, uh, because of the warping of space-time, you feel time and space differently. And as you get nearer, things will keep slowing down, slowing down, until you actually hit a freeze in time, and then whatever happens, happens. Yeah. 
and you said, you know, uh, it could be a wormhole. You can come in one side and go out the other because no one really knows what the hell happens because you yeah. hit this event horizon, you get down to the center of it, and then that's it. You're gone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's no coming back. There's no coming back. There's a couple of things um, that people talk about. There's the information paradox. And I'm not going to go too deep into this uh, because it's something that people are arguing a lot about is that matter cannot be created or destroyed, right? Right. The whole quantum physics theory. Um, and, right, and, and right. Because, so the matter and, goes in there. It's, co- it's going somewhere. It's going somewhere. Exactly. So where yeah. is it going? Right. Um, and the term when they talk about information, the reason why they call it the information paradox is because um, when they talk about what information is, it's the property of the arrangement of particles. Okay? So let's take atoms, for instance like carbon atoms. Everything in this, everything that we know is made up of an arrangement of carbon atoms and different kinds of atoms and stuff. So if you arrange them one way, you can get a bird. If you arrange them another way, you can get a diamond. It's just, they're just right. different arrangements of atoms that create things, right? Yeah. Uh, so hypothetically, if you were to burn a piece of paper, it turns into ash, yeah. right? But it never could you turn that ash back into paper. But hypothetically, if you were to have it in a controlled uh, environment, and you burned the paper into ash, you kept the ash, and you kept all of the byproducts, so the heat, the smoke, all the energy, everything like that, and you were able to put those back, you could theoretically turn it back into a piece of paper, right? Yes. Yes, because yeah. energy cannot be created or destroyed. Yeah, yeah. Or matter okay. cannot be created or destroyed, yeah. right? Hypothetically, okay? Right. It's impossible, but yes, in theory. Yes, but I say what you're saying. Right. If you could keep all the ingredients. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah if you can yeah. keep all the ingredients. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> So, but that's what they mean by information. Right. So you can destroy, or you can, you know, break down matter and, and change it into different forms and states, but it'll always be the information of what it was. Right. And that's how we discover things about our past and about the Big Bang Theory and everything like that, is that matter is still out in the universe that we're collecting and we can piece it together based on the information that we get from it. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So the information paradox is that when it goes into a black hole, it's gone. And so the idea that, <laughs> that matter cannot be created or destroyed no longer exists because right. it goes into this black hole. And what black holes do is they break everything down to their elemental like subparticles. They turn them into atoms and it makes everything the same. Right. So you don't have A, B, C, and D that make up the piece of paper. You just have A. It turns everything to A. And that's it. So it literally erases the information. So it erases the history. So right. there's this huge paradox that people talk about it. And there's huge theories on it. Um, but that's one issue that a lot of people have with it is that they have no idea what happens. And there's a thing called the holograph theory, where because when you, whenever something goes into the black hole, the event horizon expands. It takes the energy and it gets larger and larger and larger that you become part of the, the black hole and you get imprinted. So your information becomes imprinted in the two-dimensional surface of the event horizon and so it's a holographic thing so the information is embedded there and if somehow we were able to read it we were able to to pick up those things anyways it blew my mind right it's like if you if you could lay flat that black hole mm-hmm. and and just read down through it, it's a real good page turner you'd yep. s- you'd read everything that got sucked into that black hole and you could just learn everything about like the sort of like almost like fossils. Like you know, if you look at a rock yeah, yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah, and fossils yeah, yeah, get stuck yeah, yeah. there, you're like, here are all the things that were in this rock. It, it became imprinted in it. It's like a holograph, yeah. right? Right. So that's that's another theory that they have on what happens to the matter when it gets sucked in, cool. right? Uh, that becomes kind of part of it. 
Um, but let's talk about your little wormhole. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> it's the first time anyone said that to me, other than a doctor. Let's talk about let's your talk little about wormhole. You. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my biggest fears, by the way. Is like, have you see, like you see in TV shows when like a worm has crawled inside this person's toe or whatever, or like mm. you've got a tapeworm or whatever. Like those things. <laughs> Are, I I think they're my biggest fear. I honestly do. Of all the things a worm in the world, crawling up your toe, it's a thing. It happened in I think it was Grey's Anatomy or something. I saw it in some some TV show. We're like, like a leech. No 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 no. A worm. So a worm went in through this guy's toe. Like he had like a cut in his toe or something, and in went this worm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is also a, a fictitious TV show. Yeah, but it's based on factual medical information i mean i mean not always sometimes it's like a guy with a tree in through him but the way that they were like this guy's still alive because blank you're like yeah okay sure true i mean they would fool us either way definitely but anyway i think Mm -hmm. worms inside my body are my biggest fear go on tell me more about wormholes gross um well first i watched a video about them and they were it was narrated by a guy who had a mix of a weird english australian accent and i couldn't pick up which one it was but he didn't say wormhole. He said whamhole. <laughs> and I just found it so funny. Because <laughs> he'd be talking normal and be going through it. And then all of a sudden he'd go, whamhole. <laughs> it's like he just said it once and then they just spliced in that same pronunciation yeah. every time. Wham. Anyways, that's all I can hear now is whamhole. So a lot of people, because they don't know what happens in black holes. They just assume that it could be a portal to another uh, universe and to another place. Um, Cause there, we talked about this a little bit, I think on one of the other episodes about like the multiverse yes. and how you can have different, you know, universes within Inf- yours. Infinite. Yeah. Uh, infinite. Yeah. Universes. Um, that it's a portal to another universe, to another dimension that we're not realizing. Right. Um, and then, like I said, no one really knows, but theoretically speaking, um, I think, um einstein and a couple of other people like actually mathematically proved that portal like that wormholes are can actually be proven they're at they they can be a thing theoretically right right? that you can warp space time to the degree where you could enter one area and come out of another and be affected by time at the same time right like you can have that relationship um it's just trying to, to to have one stable enough and to recreate it they weren't able to do it but long story short theoretically it's possible Okay, yeah. which is what's leading people to believe it. There's also something out there called a white hole. Is there? There is. I mean, why discriminate? Why discriminate? <laughs> Honest to God. <laughs> and white hole is quite literally the opposite of a black hole. Whereas everything is sucked in and can't get out, a white hole is everything is being pushed out and nothing can get in. So it's this constant stream of energy being pushed out and it's a shooting white light being pushed outward and nothing can get into it and nothing can move into it. And so a lot of the theories are, is that a black hole leads to a white hole. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And that you go from one to the other. Right. The issue is that no one in a million years could ever prove it because you can't send anything into a black hole and you can't take anything from a white hole. So it's like, it's just this big question mark. Um, but it's also not really proven. And that a lot of movies and a lot of um, sci-fi things will actually take them and really run with that narrative, like Interstellar, where they would travel yes, in through black right. holes and come out on other ends and stuff Has like that. Has anyone ever gone through a black hole? Like, obviously, we wouldn't, like, we wouldn't know 
about them coming out or anything, but like, have we ever lost an astronaut through a black hole? No. No. Have we ever lost an astronaut no. in space and not known where they are? Do you know that? I never thought about it before. I don't like, know that. Like, I know, like, you know, space if we did, have exploded Evan, if on we the way did, up. If we did, we would never know about it. Yeah, probably. N- NASA or whatever government Jeff, entity. don't say it. You're putting us back on the radar. We I'm just sorry. got off the radar after episodes two and three, and then oh we're going to be back on the government radar. Uh, but they would, they would cover it up. They yeah, would probably. 100% cover it up. Right? Imagine the negligence. Matt, did he sign the waiver? Did he sign the waiver <laughs> at the beginning of a spaceship? If you get the space trip, if you get lost, we're not liable. <laughs> anyway, no. so white holes. White holes. Um, but that's it pretty well in terms of the, the wham hole. The wham hole. Is, is the wham hole. Um, they, they don't know. And that's, that's pretty well the end of all of my sentences. Is that <laughs> they just don't know. I mean, and you've like, had I, many sentences that way in your life, I'm sure. I can tell you that for free. <laughs> but they, and I went down into a deep, deep, dark black hole uh, of information that yeah. we just can't get into now. But like, they tried to recreate one here on Earth to try to see That seems what like happens. a very bad idea. No, but you have to think of the magnitude of, of what we're talking about. We're talking about the implosion of a star versus us, like, just... Well, you know the particle accelerator, like over in Europe, how they're accelerating particles and stuff like that to try to recreate black matter and all this dark yeah, yeah. matter and all this kind of stuff. Um, they were able to smash two particles hard enough that would create enough heat to create it. And what they did is they put it in such extreme conditions that it would immediately not be able to sustain itself and they could watch it evaporate. And when they watch it evaporate, then they know what to look for when a real black hole evaporates, because they haven't, we haven't seen one evaporate before. It's just theoretically what happens. That's right? wild. So they're trying to recreate a, a super... And it happens in like nanoseconds. Right. Right? Um, but they're trying to recreate it so that we know what to look for for when one happens. Right? But hypothetically, if the, the, the Big Bang Theory is true, and that's exactly how it happened, right? Right about now we will start seeing black holes evaporate and to start dying out. And really? we should be able to start seeing them doing it. Now, ours and the, the, the biggest one in the, in the galaxy and everything like that um, is, is due to explode in one one-hundredths, no, 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 one to the power of 100 years from now. So you have one, and then you, and you add a hundred zeros. Oh, to oh, it. oh, oh! Right, right, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. You have one, and then you add a hundred zeros. That's how many years until that is going to soak up and die. Great, I'm okay with that. Our sun mm. is gonna tap out at like fifty billion years. So like we have tons of time. Again, fine with that. Yeah, well, we don't yeah. have tons of time, but. <laughs> Really puts Ugh. it into perspective. Yeah, it's certainly. I mean, the yeah, the the chances of Earth being around to for this and humans being on Earth when the sun explodes mm-hmm. not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Yeah, and that's no. okay. We we don't have to worry about that. No. So, how do you feel about black holes? Uh, very intrigued. Want to go read and watch a bunch of stuff about them. Do you feel like you know a little more? I feel like if I was at a party and someone said, "Hey, man." What do you know about black holes? I could make up things much better now than I could before. 
Yeah, I'm glad you specified that you don't know, but you would be able to make it up. Well, I, you know, I, I could uh, paraphrase what you've told me, which I think is really the point of explaining. The point of explaining is if we're at a party and we need to impress somebody, if it's like a good job <laughs> proposition situation, <laughs> we can bullshit now on more topics than we could before. Yeah, if NTV actually wants us for a job. <laughs> well, now let me tell you about black holes. I'm Absolutely. Jeff Sims. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, well then, now for something completely different. Yes, a different um, black hole. The British royal family. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't anticipate how, what a weird shift this is going to be, but. How polar Jeff's, opposite is Jeff's, this episode? Jeff's question for this week. Was the British royal family, why do we still glorify them? And what power do they still truly have? Yeah. Before we dive in, Evan, just. <laughs> nice. Um, I mean, it's a very good question. And it's a, it's a question that people are asking every day. Are they? Uh, are they asking it as much as they should be asking it? I mean, yes. Because and if as- you still walk in the grocery store, you still see Meghan Markle's face plastered all over people's magazine. So they're not asking it enough, if you ask me. Because you, you don't want to see it, is that what you're saying? I just don't get it. Well, I mean, I, I don't, don't want to see it. anything that's on the cover of People magazine, if I'm being honest. No, but it's there. It hits, yeah. you, it hits you in the face next to the bag of ruffles that scream in your name. Scream in my name? It doesn't, have, it doesn't scream very loud. It's like, hey, Evan. I'm like, hey, man, come on. Get in the car. Yeah, hop, hop in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a bag of the, uh, the mix, like, you know, 40, bag, 40 little bags. Yes. Um, when I was like so busy the other day and brought them home and have none left now. When did you buy them? Uh, yesterday. No. Uh, Evan, you no, did it not wasn't eat 40 bags. It was 20. It was, 20, it, was tw- it was 20. 20 little bags is like eating two full bags of chips. The only time you go through that amount of chips in one night is Halloween. Why can't Halloween be every day? Why can't every day be like Christmas <laughs> or Halloween? Um, anyway, so I went to royal.uk, which is like basically the royal family's website, which was very informative and didn't feel particularly biased, to be honest. Interesting. Um, and I also went to the black hole of our modern day world, which is Wikipedia. Ah, yes. Um, so firstly, I will say you must have if you have you watched The Crown yet? No, I haven't. It's very good. I mean, it's not your type of show, but it's still worth... I, I think you'll be like, I don't know, The Crown, it's not my thing. I think you'll start watching and go, oh, the acting is brilliant. All of the stories are intriguing and very interesting. Okay. And very factual. Um, I mean, obviously, they glorify some things for TV and change things here and there. But in general, like each episode ends with the facts that come across yes. the screen and be like, here are the things that happened. Mm-hmm. Why let the truth get in the way of a good story? Absolutely. Um, anyway, now. so yeah, you got to watch it. So the British royal family, as we know it, is the House of Windsor, mm. which dates back to 1917 with King George V and his wife, Queen Mary. Mary. Um, he was king before 1917, uh, but that's when they changed the name to the House of Windsor. Before that, it was the House of Saxe, Coburg, and Goethe. Goethe? Which doesn't sound particularly English, does it? Goethe? No, it sounds German. And it is. Um, oh. Last names change though, right? So based on which sibling becomes the monarch and what gender they were, because females would take the males' names. Mm-hmm. Um, so f- um, King Edward the Seventh, Seventh, yeah, Seventh, was the son of Queen Victoria, and her husband 
was of German heritage. He was Prince Albert of Saxe, Coburg, and Goethe. So obviously their son had that last name. Um, However, during World War I, it was like, we can't be having a king of England with the Germany-sounding last name. It was very anti-German sentiment in the United Kingdom at that time. Yep. Yep. So he just changed the last name to Windsor after Windsor Castle, which is like a home of, you know, monarchs for years. Um, so after that, the next to take the throne was King Edward VIII, which is Queen Elizabeth II's uncle. And you may or may mm-hmm. not know this, he abdicated the throne. So he was like, couldn't be king anymore because he Why? married a woman who was divorced. Wow. So he forfeited being king of England to yep. marry somebody Absolutely. who was divorced. He was basically shunned in general and went to live in France. My God. There were whole episodes on it in the crown. And they were super, um, it's a bit um, conspiracy-ish, but they were sort of Nazi supporters. Like there's, there is video of them walking through the Nazi camps. Before they were death camps, they're there with Hitler. Um, wow. Adolf Elizabeth Hitler. <laughs> so that his little brother, King George VI, comes along and takes the throne. Well, not takes it, but is given the throne because he's the next mm-hmm. in line. Um, which is, if you've seen, have you seen the movie The King's Speech? Yes. Yeah. 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 So that's King George the Sixth. Uh, he's the one who oh. had the speech impediment, and that's King, yep. Queen Elizabeth's father. Okay. Yep. So he has two daughters. The first of these is our reigning monarch, Queen Elizabeth II, who inherited the throne Ooh. from her father when he died. Yep. You may ask yourself, what is the role of the monarchy? Which is really what yes. your question was. So in it a monarchy, is. a king or queen is the head of state. For centuries, there was an absolute monarch, meaning that the monarch holds absolute power, Mm -hmm. right? They can do whatever they want, essentially. They are in charge of the country. Um, In the Kingdom of England, the Glorious Revolution of 1688 led to a constitutional monarchy restricted by laws such as the Bill of Rights 1968 and the Act of Settlement of 1701. I don't know what any of that means. (laughs) And I started to try and go into it, and I was like, you know what? It's too much. Essentially, a bunch of people were really upset. Some people thought about it. There were lots of wars. One of them was called the War of the Three Kingdoms, which I'm just name dropping because it sounded really cool. That sounds so dope. The War of the Three Kingdoms. I mean, that's a season uh, finale right there. Yeah. That sounds like it belongs in Game of Thrones or in like, yeah. like the classic line in A New Hope. It's, oh, my father fought in the Clone Wars. The War of the Three Kingdoms. The War of the Three Kingdoms. Uh, Whamhole. <laughs> but essentially, people just got fed up with one guy being able to decide everything. Uh, like, obviously it was like sort of dictatorship but it wasn't a dictatorship but it also wasn't democracy so i don't really know what it was it was like it was monarchy it was monarchy a- that's absolute exactly it. absolute monarchy absolute monarchy this is absolute monarchy <laughs> <laughs> um so since the early 1700s the british monarchy has been known as constitutional monarchy which means that while the sovereign is head of state the ability to make and pass legislation resides with an elected parliament so essentially, they've Which got what we've just got. The government. Yeah, we've got parliament. We've got government. They have essentially the mm-hmm. same democratic process as Canada has, um, yeah. but also they have the monarchy. Okay. So if a decision needs to be made, who makes it? Exactly. So while most monarchs may hold formal authority and the government may legally operate in the monarch's name, like we hold the government in the name of the Queen Elizabeth, the monarch mm-hmm. no longer personally sets public policy or chooses political leaders. Okay. So. By, by a, one historian, it was described as a sovereign who reigns but does not rule. 
So they're just rich and famous. Uh, I mean, kind of. I'm going to go into all the stuff that she can do and does do, uh, which okay. is a lot, but kind of. Um, so <laughs> although the sovereign no longer has political or executive role, he or she continues to play an important part in the life of the nation. So as head of state, the monarch undertakes constitutional and representational duties, which have developed over a thousand years of history. In addition to these state duties, the monarch has less formal role as head of the nation. The sovereign acts as a focus for national identity, unity, and pride, gives a sense of stability and continuity, officially recognizes success and excellence, and supports the ideal of voluntary service, which is sort of like, mamby pamby, here's what you get to do. It's but kind of the 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 you're, the mascot. You're like the mascot, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like it's not even funny. Like it's kind of true. They're um, literally the mascot of England. Yeah. Uh, in all these roles, the sovereign is supported by members of their immediate family. So the the royal family, uh, like obviously the queen is. If the queen wasn't the queen, then all the royal family wouldn't matter. But they all support and help out in a bunch of different aspects of what she is required to do. Yep. Um, so the English con- English Constitution um, by the British political theorist Walter Begahot identified three main political rights, which as a constitutional monarch may freely exercise, which I f- is a good summary. Um, so the constitutional monarch uh, has the right to be consulted, the right to encourage, and the right to warn, which I'm going to go into now of why these Please. things matter. And this is this is in terms of politics. Yep. Um, so the queen, who is now the monarch, she is a busy lady. Like, even though it sounds like, oh, she's just a mascot, like the amount of things she has to do at the age of 94, I hope when I, if I'm ever 94, I don't have to deal with what she's got to deal with. Okay, Actually, first re- off, is she 94? Yeah. I read today that apparently when she turns, right now they're setting up, when she turns 95, even if she's still alive, Charles is going to take over as king. How old is Charles? In his 70s. And who is he to her? His wife? Her son. Her, oh, no, her no, no, no. Her husband could never take the throne because he's not in line for the royal family. Oh, gotcha. Right? It's only because she is this, the daughter of the king. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, her official title is, and hold on to your hats, Elizabeth II, by the grace of God of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, and of her other realms and territories, Queen, Head of the Commonwealth, Defender of the Faith. I love it. I love it. That's her title. Imagine having a good title uh, like that. So here imagine is... Imagine the signature. Honestly. So here's what she's up to. I'm sure it's a stamp. Uh, <laughs> it's a very big stamp. Um, so here's what she's up to all the time. Yes, please As tell head me. of state, the queen has to remain strictly neutral with respect to political matters, which they get into a lot in the crown. It's really interesting. By convention, the queen does not vote or stand for election. However, her majesty does have important ceremonial and formal roles in relation to the government of the UK. Uh, the formal phrase queen in parliament is used to describe, the, to describe the British legislature, which consists of the sovereign, which is her, the House of Lords, and the House of Commons. So she's part of what creates parliament. Uh, okay. The Queen's role in Parliament is um, assenting to bills passed by Parliament on the advice of ministers. Assenting is like being like, yes, you can pass that bill. Uh, giving audiences to ministers at which Her Majesty may be consulted, encouraged, and warned. So we're coming back to those three things that she can do. Summoning new parliaments and, on the advice of her government, appointing the date of its first meeting. 
opening and closing each session of Parliament. So you know how like the House of Commons is open, the House of Commons is closed. Yes. She, it's up to her when it is and when it isn't. Now, the government may tell her, we would like it we to be to here, and she'll just be like, yeah, sure. But they can't do it unless she says yes. Gotcha. So if we are talking, like you said, she has the ability to accept or deny certain bills and stuff like that. That's the same as any parliamental member, right? Well, yeah. The sovereign's assent, which is her like signing off, is required yeah. to all bills by parliament in order for them to become law. So she is 94 years old. Yep. So, like, I'm sure there was some sort of bill or passing of some sort of legislation on COVID-19 and the support of COVID-19 in Great Britain. I'm sure there must have been some sort yeah. of thing they had to pass. Are you telling me that she sat there and listened to them at the table and said, yeah, 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 that's a great idea? Not necessarily. But I'm or sure she, she, have... she, she got a written document that she had. To, like, she, I'm sure she doesn't have to read them all. When you watch The Crown, like, young her reads everything. Like, she yeah. is dutiful. Um, however, so royal assent, which is consenting to um, a measure becoming law, has not been refused since 1707. Oh, so she, not once has she ever put her foot down and said, now bye. No, no, no. If, if, the, if the government says, this is what we'd like to do, no one since 1707 has said, okay, no, you're not doing that. Interesting. Do you know what yep. they put their foot down on 1707? I do not. I know who it was. It was um, Queen Anne, who was the first queen mm. of constitutional monarchy. Um, yeah. And she put her foot down on something. Back then, they were sort of like, she, I think she, because she was the first one, she was on the cusp of trying to figure out how to balance the absolute monarchy that once had, like they had, you know, the year before. Oh, she's, she and, was trying to navigate those waters, yeah. I think so. Yep. Um, and that's a tough job, honey. That's a tough job, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> that was close. Do you want to try that again? It was a tough job, Anne. It was a tough job, Ran. Um, in the animal state. Animal! Animal! <laughs> in the annual. Do you know what I love? Is that probably 15 seconds before all this happened, all here was the. <laughs> of another yeah. frothy cold Brittany. Oh, she's getting warm now. Um, in the annual state opening of Parliament ceremony, the Queen opens Parliament in person and addresses both houses in the Queen's speech, and neither house can proceed to public business until the Queen's speech has been read. Mm. Which is like, you know, it's a lot of formality kind of stuff, yeah. but in terms of her role and the power that she has, it's like, if she's like, I don't want to give that speech today, it's like, well, Parliament better sit down and wait. Wow. Uh, there is only one occasion on which Parliament meets without a royal summons, and that is if the sovereign dies. They have to meet right away. Woof. But in no other context can the Parliament get together unless the Queen has declared Parliament can get, can get together. So in all of these parliamental meetings, I, I know you said a second ago about the bills passing and stuff like that. Like, after a while, she won't read all of them. She'll have somebody, I guess, decide on her behalf. I'm assuming... Like, there's no way. Like, I'm saying, it's just irrational. Yeah, I mean, she's got, obviously, a full staff of people. And also, she just trusts, you know, the ministers who are appointed are going to make the right decisions. She also has a very special relationship with the prime minister. Mm -hmm. The prime minister, like in our country, is the senior political figure in the British government. Regardless of their political party, she is still close to them. She, again, she can't have a preference of, of um, political party. Does she, does she have the same, like, level of power? Like, if you were to, like, as the prime minister? Technically, she has higher, but she, like I said, she hasn't 
vetoed anything ever. Mm-hmm. Um, although she is a constitutional monarch who remains political neutral, the queen retains the ability to give a regular audience to prime minister during his or her term of office. The queen gives a weekly okay. audience to the prime minister at which she has a right and a duty to express her concerns on government matters. Uh, if either the queen or the prime minister are not available to meet, they'll speak by telephone. And then after having expressed her views, the queen abides by the advice of her ministers. Um, so essentially she's like, I've said my piece and you go do what you're going to do. I won't be pleased about it. If you disagree with me, but she it's, it's, and it's, and what was interesting is that it's her duty. It's her job as queen to give her opinion on it. And, you know, and she's she's not going to then like, you know, the, it's it's up to the prime minister to go ask her advice. Basically, it's her duty yeah. to give her opinion about it. And then yeah. they're going to do what they're going to do. True. Um, after a general election, the appointment of a prime minister is the prerogative of the sovereign. So um, not like in Canada, we don't have a monarch. I mean, we have the queen, but she's not the monarch in the same style as she is in Britain. Um like we just you're not lead- my real queen. You're not my real queen. The leader of the party that wins an election, the majority government, becomes prime minister. Yeah. In appointing a prime minister in Britain, and uh, the sovereign is guided by constitutional conventions. The main requirement is to find someone who can command the confidence of the House of Commons. It's normally secured by appointing the leader of a party with an overall majority in seats in the co- in the Commons. Um, mm-hmm. But there could be exceptional circumstances when the queen might need to exercise discretion to ensure that her government is carried on. Um, then there's the Privy Council, of which she is the head. They are involved in the arrangements for the appointment of the High Sheriffs of England and Wales, which is like you're above the Supreme Court, the High Sheriffs. So like they appoint those. She is the head of this committee, committee council that appoints mm-hmm. people who are above the Supreme Court. Wow. Um, it's the court of final. That's a appeal. lot of power. Yeah, it's the court. It's the court of final appeal for the UK overseas territories so um, not like specifically england but mm-hmm. some of the territories that are overseas that they are still rulers of um if they go to the supreme court and then go above that it's the privy council that decides that so she's the oh, head wow. of that not that she's sitting uh, at the judge's bench no but she's the head she's of not that <laughs> she's not sitting there with brandon dassey trying to decide if he actually murdered that woman no absolutely not um they meet on average once a month at buckingham palace windsor castle or occasionally balmoral uh, Would you say once ha- a month? They meet once a month, yep. And does she meet with them? Or just the yep. council with representation? Meetings are held by the queen and are attended by ministers and the clerk of the council. At each meeting, the council will obtain the queen's formal approval to a number of orders. So they basically figure everything out and then get her formal approval. Right? Sure. Um, but everything has already been discussed and approved by the ministers, and they're just waiting for her to like check the box off. Wow. Um, they come up with they they have what am I saying? There are formal analysis which cover issues such as bank holidays, coinage, and new parliament. Coinage. Mm. They they decide the coinage. Which Do you is think why her she face... could flip the coin on Bitcoin? <laughs> Maybe that's why her face is on all of them. She's like, let's get a new coin with this picture on it. Yeah, uh, she's also the commander in chief of the British forces. Ooh. Uh, and also of the Canadian forces. She's the highest up in our military. See, this is it. This is, this is the question that I asked earlier very specifically was, if she said, for whatever stupid reason, she's 94, if she was like, we're going to war, do we have to go to war? Yes and no. As the commander-in-chief? 
if she just says it like tomorrow for no reason, I'm sure there are a lot of things in place that will be like, um, I think you're senile and that's not going to happen. Yeah. But if we I just were under this... threat of something, mm-hmm. then she could say that. True. Okay. I just picture the Lord of the Rings, the two towers when they have Theoden. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And he's of, sick. Of, of, of Rohan. And he's just, yeah. well, he's not sick. He's possessed from, yeah. from Saruman. And he's yeah. just this old thing. Yeah. And they have Grima. And he's just like whispering things in his ear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty bad I, how I just I, compared our queen to King Theoden. But anyway. Kind of. Um, the long-standing constitutional convention, however, has vested de facto executive authority in the prime minister and the secretary of state. So essentially, she sort of gave up that right. She can take it back whenever she wants, but she's like, you don't have to consult me on this. You can just go ahead and do it. You are the two highest up in the government when it comes to that. Yep. Um, so the prime minister uh, makes the key decisions on the use of the armed forces. However, the queen does remain the supreme authority on the military. So she can make the calls should she wish. Um, presently, the presently, pres- presently, there's presently. so many big words in this stupid cut and paste. Speaking of, speaking of, of, of big words, I'm surprised you've said constitutional convention so many times and not once have you said, I was chosen for the constitutional convention. <laughs> I feel it'd be easier if I sung it. Maybe. Uh, the UK will only take military action other than in instances of threats to national security with the consent of the House of Commons. However, the Queen can still command such at will. Um, officers and other personnel of the military and the territorial police forces also swear allegiance only to the sovereign and their successors and not government, which ensures that all ministers, in particular the prime minister, can be held accountable and therefore are not above the law when it comes to using military force, unlike the queen. She is above the law. Ooh. Yeah. It's like the Second Amendment for the UK. Yeah, so they swear allegiance to the queen not allegiance to the prime minister or whatever. So if, the, if he does something that he shouldn't have done, he is accountable for it. Uh, and she is not. Wow. Yep. She is also the supreme governor of the established Church of England. Archbishops and bishops are appointed by the monarch. So the highest people up in the Church of England are appointed directly by the queen on the advice of the prime minister who chooses the appointee from a list of nominees prepared by a church commission. So again, it's like she basically is just taking boxes, but yep. she does get final say on basically all of the things. Do you know um, what, though? It's the perfect example. She is the face of the coin. She's the mascot of England. Yeah, she really is. Uh, and and then one st- day she was like, you know what? Screw you guys. We're going to war. That's it, man. Yep. Lace up your boots, I guess. Lace up your boots. Uh, and then we start getting outside of England because she is the queen, not of England, but of Great Britain and a bunch of yes. other stuff from her titles. Um, she re- receives a weekly report from the Scottish Parliament on its business, given its specific legislative role. Um, she appoints the Scottish First Minister, which is like a prime minister, and has regular audiences with him or her to keep up to date with Scottish affairs. That's just like mm-hmm. another thing that she does. Um, a referendum in 1997 saw the public vote in favor of a National Assembly for Wales. She was there for the ceremony of that and signed a document being like, yeah, Wales, you can have your own government, sure. Uh, but again, like <laughs> she, she had to sign off on it. Like Even though they were like, we want our own government, they still had to have the queen be like, okay. Wow. Yep. Uh, and then there's the Commonwealth. Have you, you've heard of like the Commonwealth. Yes. Do you know what the Commonwealth is? No. Well, it derives from common wealth. 
so it goes um, to, you know, wealth being money. So yes. any there are 16 countries in the Commonwealth. I think it's 16. Um, and what that is, is it's Commonwealth. So all the money, if, if these countries, so we are part of the Commonwealth, these countries have a surplus in revenue each year. That money goes to like the pot of the Commonwealth. And then if one of the countries gets into disarray or something bad happens, the Commonwealth can bail out that country because they're part of the Commonwealth. Hold up, back up the truck. Are we? You said we're part of the Commonwealth? Canada is part of the Commonwealth, yeah. Great, so Muskrat Falls is null then, is it? They're Absolutely. just going to pick up all that debt and they're just going to take care of Muskrat Falls? Not going to be a problem. So we're saved? Yeah. Buddy, giddy up. Uh, so from Australia to Antigua, from Canada to Cameroon, the Commonwealth is a remarkable international organization spanning every geographical region, religion, and culture. It exists to foster international cooperation and trade links between people all over the world. So essentially, they're just like, let's get together and feel all right. Bob Marley style. <laughs> like Kumbaya? Absolutely Kumbaya. They're just like, let's, let's make the world closer globally. Let's not like kumbaya. keep countries <laughs> separate. Um, and, you know, um, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm so lying. The Commonwealth is a voluntary association of 54. Bullshit. That's the bullshit. I hit bullshit button. No, no, no. I just said 16. No, I know. Oh, um, just being an asshole. It's a voluntary association of 54 independent countries, almost all of which were formerly under British rule. So many of them. So like India, for instance, was the first of a number of countries which decided that although they wished to become republics um, and not actually ruled by the, the queen and yep. the, the monarchy, yep. they still wanted to remain within the Commonwealth. So to reconcile these aims, in 1949, King George VI, as head of the Commonwealth, um, said, yeah, okay, you know what? No problem. You can still be part of the Commonwealth. Now, Queen Elizabeth is, of course, the head of the Commonwealth. Um, the Queen is sovereign of 15... Com- oh, no, I was right. It's 15 Commonwealth realms. Oh, realms and 54 independent countries. I don't know what the difference between a realm and a country is. I don't know. Who knows? But it sounds really cool. It certainly does. And she said, this is a realm. quote of the Queen, which is sort of a good sum-up of Commonwealth. The Commonwealth symbolizes the transformation of the crown from an emblem of dominion into a symbol of free and voluntary association. In all history, this has no precedent. So essentially, she's like, we ruled over all of you. You wanted independence. We gave you independence, but you still want to be like, we're still going to call you mommy. Mm-hmm. You know? You're still on the test. Yeah. You're st- <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so anyway, so rounding up. So in terms of power, the royal family doesn't really technically have any power, I guess. There's lots of stuff they can do. There's lots of like... They've never, you know, they don't veto, they don't do this, they don't get in the way of politics. But they are, um, they are, what's the word? You know what? I think it's perfectly summed up with the queen herself. She has absolute power. Like, at the end of the day, she could turn down every bill. She doesn't have absolute power. No, she doesn't have, like, the absolute monarch power, like, where she makes every decision. But she has the power to technically turn down every decision. Like, if every bill that comes, she technically has the power to say, nope, nope, nope. She does. Nope. Yeah. So she has that. She has the ultimate veto. She can put us to war. She's the head of the Commonwealth. She has that absolute power, but she's 94, and she's like, eh, I don't care. And she's well, just I mean, here's letting the it all go. Like all the queen, she's just saying, "I have the power, but I'm not going to use it." Well, yeah. I mean, she gives the adv- like. Here's the thing: it seems to me that, like, at least for the purposes of this queen, Queen Elizabeth II, she served longer than any monarch in history. She took the throne when she was like 
18 or something. Mm-hmm. Right? So she served like 60-something years as queen of any monarch ever in the globe or the history of the world. She wow. has had 13 prime ministers. She has seen what's worked. She's seen what hasn't worked. And therefore, I would think if you were prime minister, you'd be like, I'm going to go ask what the queen thinks about this because she's seen World War One, She's seen World War Two, She's seen everything that has. Had, she hasn't ha- seen World War One, has she? No. She's not that old. World no, you're War right. She hasn't seen yeah, you're right. She hasn't seen World War something years ago. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, but she's lived, you know, she's lived 94 years, and for 70 of those years, she's been queen. Pretty much. More than that. Yeah. World War I so, ended 100 years ago. Sorry, 101. Yeah. So, anyway, if I was prime minister, I'd be like, I'm, I feel like you have something good to say, in general. Now, yeah, no, no, no. She's 94, I agree so with who that. knows if she does now. Um, I'm just talking about, like, not her herself, but I'm talking about, like, the role of the queen. Like, what power do they actually have? So, surprising, they have more power than I thought they would. Like, I thought, yeah. like, when we made the joke about the mascot, that they're just an exaggerated mascot. Um, like, a celebrity of Great Britain. Yeah. I mean, I they mean, are, but, like, yeah. they like technically speaking, like, the plot of a good movie, if for some reason the queen were to pass and her successor were to pass and it was passed on to like the evil, you know, second cousin twice removed. Then all of a sudden, like, and he wanted to start a war, technically speaking, like he had the power, like they have the power to, to call arms. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, they do, they really do. Um, but she's, you know, she's, she's, she's a good monarch, but they do have that power. I don't know. I mean, there must be some protection in there somewhere, but well, it, you know, as commander yes. in chief, commander in chief of the U.S., like the United States president can't just say we're going to war. It still has to be passed by Congress. So I'm sure th- I'm sure there still is a yeah. political means to get you there. Exactly. But like, yeah. y- you know, there's still that ability to have that power to say, let's go to war. Yeah. And um, and they will take them seriously. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and then so in terms of like glorifying, so that was another part of your question was like, why do we glorify them? Um, yes. Not everyone is a big fan of the royal family. It's not, like, like I say, many people ask this question that you've asked. Um, problems with the royal family include uh, when any young royal joins the armed forces. So any young royal person is, is um, pretty much expected to join one of the royal forces, the Navy, the Army, whatever. Um, yeah. When they do, though, they are automatically made officers. They never start at the bottom. So people are like, that's not cool. Um, so there's a difference shown to the royal family. It is argued it perpetrates um, inequality, hierarchy, and general unfairness, both in reality and more dangerously inside people's heads. Uh, there's another mm. argument by atheists, agnostics, and freethinkers that they condemn the endorsement that the royal family gives uh, the Church of England an organized religion because she is head of the Church oh, of England. Okay, so gotcha. there's like, it's a bit of church and state situation, which is like, yeah, but even though they yeah, aren't, yeah. they're not technically a political body. Yeah. They're supposed to be politically biased, yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. Unbiased, so like, sorry. Unbiased, so there's an element of like, but you are head of the church and head of state, so you're not, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Um, but despite the powerful theoretical arguments against them, the British royal family has survived by being more open and flexible and more democratic than many others. And the, the British monarchy is still, to this day, you know, loved by a lot of the people. Uh, Queen Elizabeth II is immensely more liked than any political TV or entertainment figure. In 2019, 
She topped YouGov's list of Britain's most admired women with 22.661% of the poll. Uh, she was ahead of Michelle Obama, who had 13%. Judy Dench, Dame Judy Dench, had 7.6%. And J.K. Rowling had 6.7%. Wow. J.K. Rowling she's, is in the actual poll. Yeah, she's fourth in the poll. Wow. Yep. But the Queen has 22%, which is almost double of anybody else. Wow. That's intense. Yep. Uh, 70 to 80% of people in the United Kingdom support the royal family. So there is okay. still, that's, you know... That's a, pretty hefty. Yeah, it's pretty hefty. There's a vast majority, but there is a significant portion that are not all about the royal family uh, mm-hmm. because of, you know, the reasons that we just laid out. Uh, so that's it. That's it. That's it. Uh, I forgot to ask you, was, was there any bullshit in yours? Did you, did you pull the bullshit button? I did not. No. Well, guess what, buddy? There wasn't any. There wasn't any. No. Nice. I fig- yeah. No, no. I figured there was, there was too much um, ability so, to kind of... <laughs> too much over my head the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. I figured no. that you were either going to pull the bullshit button on everything or you weren't going to pull the bullshit button on anything. It was right. one or the other. And I was over my head in terms of content anyways. Like, I'm not joking. I had way too much stuff prepared for that topic and I cut like 90% of it. So to try to add bullshit on top of it, I said, nope. Yeah. Can't do it. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I also felt like I was going down a rabbit hole of so much stuff. It was stressing me out. Mm-hmm. Did, was there bullshit in yours? I did find the no! time to add some bullshit. Ah, Any guesses? Anything off the top of your head that you're like, I don't think that's true. Are you going to... Oh, damn it. It's definitely the call to arms. That was the only thing that I was like... What call to arms? Yeah. Like that they can just like ultimate power over the army. No. That's true. Okay, that's actually true. Because yep. it tends to be the stuff that I just totally bite into, like last week's. <laughs> and it was. Uh, um, so the definition I gave you of commonwealth. Commonwealth mm-hmm. and how yeah. all the commonwealth, if they have a surplus, if the country has a surplus they of give money, the money back. It, it goes into a pot <laughs> of the commonwealth. And then if, like, if Canada's having a deficit, well, the commonwealth will bail you out. None of that is true. Uh, so unfortunately, we're not getting bailed out of Muskrat Falls. We are not. She's not helping uh, at all. She's, she's buckling up that purse very tightly. Oh, God. We're on our yeah. own. We're on our own. Well done, though. Because I told you. That was a really great, like... Like Commonwealth, I was like, okay, that makes sense. I just thought it was more of a global thing. Like if one of the countries actually like was, although plenty of countries are third world countries and I'm sure, are they part of the Commonwealth? Are there any third world countries that are part of the Commonwealth? I don't know. Probably. they could avail of that. I don't know. Who's to say? Well, they, well, they can't because I made it up, but <laughs> I, sh- I should suggest it, I guess. Maybe you should suggest it. It's a great idea, buddy. You're a smart man. Well done. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you are so the much. bullshit artist of this week. Congratulations. <laughs> I, yeah, I wear that crown with pride. The crown. Look at you go. Thank you. You're the mascot for the bullshit. <laughs> so you're the queen. <laughs> you're just a you're just a shit emoji. The poo emoji. I'm the shit queen. <laughs> oh, Funny. My. Funny. Buddy, episode four. Done. Done. We found the end of it. We made it. We found the end of it. We went down the down the tornado of water to get down to the bottom pinnacle point. Yeah. And here we are. And here we are. 
This is exciting. Um, so as we end episode four, as always, um, we love if everybody could follow us, uh, like our pages on our social media on Facebook and on Instagram. We are at the Splaincast. Make sure you like it and do all sorts of stuff like that. Something that's super important to us also is rating us on wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you rate us five stars. Uh, let us know how you feel. It's super important uh, for our podcast to uh, get reached out to other people um, who don't know us. And that's how we do it, through the ratings. So we appreciate if you can rate us, like us, and follow. If you have a topic you want to send in, or if you have a correction or a complaint, you can email us at info.splainin at gmail.com. And actually, next week, we decided for episode five, mm-hmm. it's like a, a bit of an anniversary. We're just taking the anniversary <laughs> early. And uh, we're going to do an episode of mail-ins. So we've got a couple, we've got a few mail-ins right now. We're going to pick some. I mean, we're waiting to get more this week. Feel free to keep sending them. Yes, I think Canada Post is behind. <laughs> we're going to do episode five. It's going to be topics that have been sent in to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that's episode four. I hope you learned something this week. And if you didn't, there's always next week. <laughs>